In this episode of Call to Marriage, I speak with Jennifer about military spouse stigmas, specifically the stigmas that are around EFMP and so much more. So sit back, relax, and let's just jump right into it. Hi there. Welcome to Call to Marriage, a show about navigating life as a military spouse. I'm your host, Callie, a newcomer on the scene of what is the military spouse life. The military community is a tight-knit, but sometimes tight-lipped one. I hope to pull back the curtain on life as a military spouse to answer the questions that I wish someone would have answered for me, talk about my experiences I've gone through, or talk about the ones that I'm going through right now. I'm always learning new things about this crazy new life and invite you on this journey with me. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hello, welcome back to Call to Marriage. We are in the Depend a Who series, tackling stigmas and stereotypes and so much more about what it means to be a good spouse. And I'm super excited because today I have Jennifer on with me. And Jennifer, if you want to go ahead and let the listeners know who you are and introduce yourself, that would be fantastic. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to talk with you today. Um, I'm Jen Barnhill. I am a military family reporter. I'm also the chief operating officer for Partners in Promise. It's a nonprofit organization uh, dedicated to helping military children in special education. But if you know, we rewind a little bit even further than that, um, I am a Navy spouse of almost 15 years. I have three kids. We're currently located in Monterey, California. So I know it's it's terrible life over here in California. (laughs) Um, but you know, we are living the life, uh, in lockdown still, you know, after many, many, many months (laughs) of that. Um, but no, I'm, I'm so happy to be here to talk to you about, um, stigma and all things military. Yes. So before we get into it, I'd love, since, you know, you are an established military spouse, if you could tell us your favorite memory or experience from being a military spouse, what that's looked like. So it's, it's really hard to kind of pinpoint one because, you know, as I am, you know, I'm a Navy spouse, so I call myself salty. Uh, you know, I've been around the block <laughs> a little bit, <laughs> um, but I w- I'll pick, can I pick two? Is that yeah. okay? <laughs> okay. So one was actually, I um, was a new spouse. We moved Oconus to Atsugi, Japan. And I had never been to Asia at all in my whole life. And so I was nervous. I didn't know what to expect. I had to kind of leave that career behind um, and kind of go on an adventure with my new husband. And when I arrived, not only um, did I arrive to a basket full of goodies prepared by other military spouses who had kind of been in my shoes before, but once I started making connections and, and trying to plug into the community, I was just really welcomed. Um, we didn't have exactly the same backgrounds, uh, but we became really quick friends because when you're in an Oconus environment, you almost don't have a choice. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then I would say fast forward quite a few years to this past year um, with Partners in Promise, we are a virtual organization and we had never met. We were founded in the middle of the pandemic. And so this past June, when COVID was a little bit uh, more positive and mm-hmm. some, you know, we had our vaccinations and we felt, you know, bold enough to try to meet in person. We finally got to, and I got to meet these wonderful spouses who really care about this community, but I had never met in person, 
But when we did finally get to see each other face to face, it was like, you know, we'd never, ever not known each other face to face. So it was just a really cool, um, it's a cool lifestyle that you kind of plug into that you never, I, I never thought that would be so easy in that way. Making friends is it's hard in other ways, but the friend side was always great. Yeah. I've always liked that about military spouses that everyone is just so open and so welcoming and so inviting, which is always, always, yeah, really I mean, you nice. definitely get a little bit of all of it, right. Mm-hmm. We are all, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I I've been um, blessed in, in my time to have made some amazing lifelong friendships. Yeah. So speaking of partners in promise, if you could tell our listeners, you know, what that organization is and what they do and um, what you all do, that'd be fantastic. Cause I think a lot of people are maybe have heard of it before, especially, you know, with, with Blue Star families and everything. So what is, what is partners in promise? Yeah. So, um, I'll just kind of give a little bit of a background. So I am a military family reporter. I have been reporting for military families magazine, military spouse magazine for a while. And one day I was kind of presented by a a story. I heard of this woman, Michelle Norman, who was actually the 2019, um, air force insurance spouse of the year for, Mm. for 2019 for the Navy. And, you know, obviously there's, they have that wonderful platform and, and sharing their stories with that program. And I heard about her. Um, and because I'm a Navy spouse myself, you know, I was like, Oh, I want to, I want to interview her. I want to hear a little bit more about what she's working on. Um, and come to find out, um, Michelle Norman is, is an advocate for military children and special education. The reason is she has a daughter who has 21, um, diagnoses and she has actually been sued by their school district. I had no idea that a school would sue a child. Um, and this is all, you know, it's pretty complex special education and how that can happen. But needless to say, it, I just looked at that level of, um, struggle that some families are facing within special education and within the EFMP program, which for those who don't know, it's called the exceptional family member program. And so our families, you know, they know what a deployment is, right? We know Mm -hmm. that it's hard to be away from your, you know, your family. It's hard to be pulled up from a job or a group of friends and then start a new life in a new location. And so I was just talking with her and I was really touched that not only do our families who are in EFMP have to deal with all the other stuff that we have to deal with. They have this additional layer of really having to fight for their child's right to an education. Mm. Um, And that was really I don't know. It just hit me um, that that was something that really needed attention. And so I, I wrote a few articles and I was just so inspired by their mission of helping um, children who just get an education, especially in the middle of COVID. Um, how can we help these children? And so I was really touched by Michelle's story. So I came on board at first doing their uh, PR and now I'm working um, as their chief operating officer. And our mission is really just to find ways to remove those hurdles for our military students who are in the special education environment. Um, And the way that we do that is through storytelling. Um, We tell stories by talking to folks just kind of in the podcast setting or doing a a reported piece, or we talk to them on our webinars. And also through our annual survey, we have um, the most comprehensive special education EFMP survey that covers all service branches to date. And we really, really love data. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but we, we like to say we, we love data, but stories complete us because we can't 
you can use data all day long, but it's really boring if you don't have the stories to combine with that. So yeah, that's kind of what we do and what we're about. And, um, we're just happy to share with people who may or may not understand what it's like to live that lifestyle. Yeah. And I think it's really important what y'all are doing too, is because there's, I think this really negative stigma about the EFMP pro or yeah, EFMP program. Um, and if you are a, you know, seasoned call to marriage listener, you know, that I've talked with Jordan a while back in our candid conversation series about EFMP and, and enrolling in EFMP and why it's important and the benefits of it. But I think even on top of that, there is such a stigma around it that, it is, you know, damaging to your service member's career. It's, you know, you're signing away rights. You're going to be looked down upon. And the program is set up to help military families get the resources and help that, that they need. And I think, you know, when we have been talking before, you know, you coming on the show, it had been, you know, said that a lot of times people don't get the help that they need or they don't enroll until it's too late. And so I'd love for you to talk about, I think one, the stigma that EFMP has and two, just in your experience, you know, working with these families, listening to the stories, why it is such a a critical program and why it is important to get the help that you need to to go and seek that help. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's so you're exactly right. There is stigma. Um, and our organization, um, so I go back to the data, um, because it is, it is, it tells a story. And so when we did our survey last year, we found that there were relationships between EFMP enrollment and positive feelings, um, more positive feelings with school outcomes in special education. Mm -hmm. That is absolutely not to say that the program taught some parents something that then they used to their benefit. It just really painted a picture for us that the more plugged into the community and the resources you have available to you, whether they are provided by the military or they're provided by the school, the more positive, the more equipped our parents Mm. were to advocate for themselves. So by enrolling in this program, it it indicated that there was this proactive approach to caring for your child, caring for you, you know, because the program is not just for children, it's for adults as well. Um, and, and for those who don't know, um, what qualifies for EFMP, it could be something as simple as your child just needing, um, a wheelchair, um, or they might have a learning disability, or you might need medication for, um, if you're a diabetic, uh, there are all different kinds of qualifying, um, you know, reasons to sign up. And I know you have had a guest to give that kind of maybe the more background of it. But our, because our families don't know very much about the program, I would highly encourage them to, to kind of like do some research because the, the problems occur often, like I said before, when you go Oconus, it's a great experience. Um, people want to go, but they're afraid they're not going to get to go um, if they're enrolled in this program. But that's not exactly true. Um, we, we want to, the reason the program exists is to make sure families are located near available resources that they need. Yeah. So if, for example, it's as simple as I said, a wheelchair, well, that shouldn't be something that would ever prevent someone from having the ability to go to an Oconus location. They have a wheelchair that comes with them. Um, but if there is, you know, medical needs, if there's, you know, a, a significant diagnosis that can't receive care in a certain location, people need to know. Basically the program is there to support you, but families it's, it's a hesitation, right? Like 
I don't know. I don't want to self-identify to the military that I have this need. What could it, how could it be used against me is, yeah. is often what we're hearing. Um, but because we have seen that there are positive outcomes from being enrolled in the program, we highly encourage folks to just give it a chance. I mean, I'm not going to, you know, sit here on this podcast and say this program is all that it ever could and would and should be. It is a work in progress. And in fact, this is something that we at Partners in Promise, along with other military service organizations, have been advocating for. Um, last year, the defense budget included a requirement to standardize this program. And, and what does that mean for families? Well, it really means that the DOD and each service branch is doing a deep dive into what is good about this program? What is not good about this program? How can we improve this program? Something that has never been required of them before. So we're really in a cool opportunity for our families to plug in and to share their experiences with organizations like ours and others. Tell your story. If it's been bad, tell your leaders, tell them what could be better. Um, because they're at a point right now where they're making changes. And this is a really, like I said, an awesome opportunity. But the main thing is, is to combat, combat that stigma, like you were saying. Mm-hmm. Um, and for us, well, ha- just like what you're doing in this series, talking about stigma is a huge way to combat it. Um, yeah. We actually launched a podcast that is all about military stigma. Um, and it is, we had a guest on who is a professor um, of um, social work. And she shared that one of the main, there's three main ways to combat stigma. One is through protest. So, you know, you think of things like George Floyd and, and people coming out and Black Lives Matter is a, is a form of protest. And then education. Um, and then in uh, the connection with the last one. So in, how do you connect <laughs> in the middle of a pandemic mm-hmm. where it isn't the normal way. So that's why talking on these podcasts and um, getting the word out and talking about the program is kind of what we're all about. Cause we want to make sure families have access to the resources that have proven helpful. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> and it's exactly that. Like if you, if you don't talk about it, how are you going to initiate change and how are you going to, to move forward? It's something that it has to be done. It can be uncomfortable to talk about things. And I know some people hear EFMP horror stories where, you know, oh, we were set to go on this really cool thing. And then we weren't able to go because of X, Y, and Z, or, you know, whatever it may be. But at the end of the day, the program is really there to help and assist and make sure that you and your family have the resources that you need to succeed. And for, you know, your child to succeed or for you to succeed. And I know me personally going, you know, I'm enrolling in the program myself and trying to figure out what that looks like and and how that's going to be beneficial for me and the resources that I'm going to be able to have access to because I am enrolled in it. And to me, that outweighs the quote unquote stigma of, oh, you're going to enroll in that program Well, be prepared for, you know, whatever. No, it's going to be helpful. It's going to be resourceful. It's going to be fantastic. Um, And so I really, yeah, it's, if you don't talk about it, you don't, you can't initiate change. But you're not going to, you're not going to At the forward. same time, I, I 100% agree with you, but I also think that we're at a place within the military where honest conversations are so important. Mm-hmm. So what is your experience like in enrolling? Is it perfect? Of course, it's not going to be. It's a bureaucratic organization. Yeah. What questions that one person asks you that maybe are not something that they're supposed to do 
we're not trying to get one person in trouble. We're just trying to train the whole system to be what it's supposed to be. So if we have one individual who asks a question that is almost contrary to what you might be reading about the policies and procedures of the organization or excuse me, of the program, reach out to organizations like Partners in Promise. Say, you know, I, I was told that this wasn't going to impact my career, but I really do think it is. Um, reach out to organizations who are paying attention to this, this program because there's no way for us to make it better for the person behind you without us getting the stories of what's actually happening from our families. So that's why we yeah. are conducting our, our next survey is, is coming up um, in September. So I don't know when this is going to air. So hopefully people will get an opportunity to, to take it. And if not, keep an eye out for the findings. Um, but we really know that our leaders are looking at these uh, surveys. I know it's, everyone's so sick of surveys, but mm-hmm. you know, take, take a Blue Star Family Survey, take a Partners in Promise Survey and share your stories and experiences because that's the only way we're going to combat the stigma and have any way um, to improve this program. You know, it's, it's not easy, but we, we believe that our leaders are looking for change. And, and I can attest to that. Um, having met with a lot of senior military leadership, their heart is to help people, but it's such a big system, right? And there's so many cogs and we have to just kind of highlight the policies that can be changed so families can access this program without feeling like it's going to be, you know, just a blow to a career or a yeah. lost experience. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I really appreciate Jennifer, you coming on and talking and being candid about this and, and being willing to talk about, you know, what you've experienced. And I, I like to end every episode talking about, you know, if you could go back to the day that you became a military spouse, that day one, and what advice would you give to younger you as you prepare to, to set foot on, on this journey? Wow. Um, (laughs) so, so I started talking about, you know, military spouse connections and that was kind of my memory. And I kind of would point back to that. Um, because I'm a nerd <laughs> and I love data. I recently uh, did a military spouse group survey that really pointed to feelings of relevance. If you do not feel relevant in this community, you will not really make the most of it. And so mm-hmm. for some people, their feeling of relevance is getting involved and volunteering. And then they feel like they're needed and their con- contribution matters. For others, it's it's less involvement, but I would say find a way that you feel relevant to this community, whether it's by helping one other person, sharing what you've done or plugging in with whatever strengths you have. So for me, I would have, I would encourage myself to have started writing a little bit more <laughs> um, uh, sooner than I did, because I think that that has where I have found my relevance and my voice in this community is by just telling military stories, kind of like what you're doing, you know, you, you tell the stories of others in this, in this world. And it's, it's not easy, but find a way that this is not just something that has happened to you, but that it, you are relevant to this lifestyle just as much as it's impacting your life. Um, and once you find that point of connection, I think that you'll find a lot more happy moments than, than sad. Yeah, no, I love that. I think connection is just so key in this 
world and in this lifestyle that it really does help kind of make or break your, your experience. But Jen, I'm, I'm again, so grateful that you're able to come on and and talk with us and talk through these things. And I'd love for you to tell um, our listeners where they can find you, if they want to connect with you and engage with you, where they, where they can find information. So um, to connect with Partners in Promise, you can go to our website, uh, thepromiseact.org. We're also on Facebook. If you just search, you know, Partners in Promise, that's pretty much our handle on almost everything. Um, I think on Twitter, they made us out of one or something. at the end. Mm. <laughs> so I'll have to send that over. But yeah, we're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. Um, our podcast is called Disruptive Storytelling with Military Changemakers. And we're available on, you know, iTunes Music and or I think that's what it is. And, and Spotify and all the normal places. Um, and to connect with me, if you reach out to one of our partners and promise channels, I'm easily available, but, um, if not, you can email me at Jennifer at partners Yeah. And I will also have all the links and everything available, um, on our Instagram page on her post. So if you're looking for it, or if you are like, shoot, I didn't catch that. It's on, it's on our Instagram. So don't worry. You'll be able to find it there in our Facebook as well. Um, but again, thank you all so much for listening. Thank you for being a part of the call to marriage journey and growth. If you're listening to us on Apple podcast, please don't forget to leave us a review rate and subscribe. It really helps us so much. We are in this depend who series and it is going so well and we have so much more coming. So stay tuned, sit tight. But again, thank you all so much. You are more than a spouse. You are more than a just, just a wife, just a husband, just a person in this cog in the machine. You are a unique individual with personality and passions and goals. And I am so grateful for you and the journey that you're going on with us here at Call to Marriage. So I will talk to you all again so soon. Bye.